Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Toronto-based pianist Terry Parker on the 2023 album, Shaping the Invisible. On this sophomore album, as a band leader, it stands as the culmination of years of playing, composing, and artistic growth. It's a fusion of musical heritage and innovation that places her squarely in the lineage of groundbreaking musicians. We cover this release, surviving COVID live shows, and so much more. Enjoy. Nice to see you. The last time we spoke was... In a, in a land way before a pandemic, a long time oh, yeah. ago. In the before times. Yes. I like to call <laughs> it BC before Corona. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to catch up with you. It's great to see that new albums are coming out. The world's waking up. So thank you for taking a minute out. Yeah, my pleasure. So before we get into the sophomore release, I want to know, how did you get through COVID? It really did its thing on everybody. How did you get through it? And how has it changed the way that you approach things now? Well, I mean, get through it, uh, you know, financially, musically, like all any, any, uh, how we got through it. All I the Venn, all the Venn diagrams come together. Yeah, they all come together. So for me, I mean, I do, I do teach, right? So a lot of my uh, music lessons went online. And of course, there's no gigs <laughs> during that time. So it was pretty much all teaching. Um, I actually did my master's in composition during the pandemic. So that kept me pretty focused on uh, musical uh, development. I did it at York University and uh, they they also pivoted to um, to like digital learning. So it was, you know, seminar style and we had our composition classes. Uh, we would just screen share, you know, our, our scores and, uh, you know, we didn't get to have real musicians play it, but like we would upgrade our MIDI uh, plugins and try to get like slightly better string sounds and, so yeah, so musically, I you know I did this masters, which which was great, and um, you know I did a few gigs. Like there was this program, Sync Space. Did you see any of those concerts where like it'd be like the four people in their own rooms performing? Yeah. yeah. So I did a couple of those with people. Um, yeah, and then just hunkered down like everybody else and uh, tried to practice and stay sane. <laughs> yeah. So shaping the invisible. How did this come about? Was this kind of born from the pandemic? How how did you artistically put this together? So just like about a year, year and a half before the pandemic, I received a grant from the Toronto Arts Council to compose music. So at least half the music was composed just kind of before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and then some of it was composed during the pandemic, kind of through that master's program I did in composition. Um, and then, so that's the music that's on the album, sort of from this grant before, and then some during, then we had, um, a series of Rex gigs in December of last year. And, uh, we performed. And of course I remembered how fun it is to play with my band and play music that I am passionate about. And so then we recorded, uh, in December last year. That's the thing I always really like about the way the Canadian mentality is, is that, there's a lot of grants that are given to musicians and I find that very reassuring. It does happen here. We got the MacArthur grants and there's other things that happen, but I hear it more frequently with the Canadian jazz community. And I think that it, it's really the government putting their money where their mouth is. They're, they're valuing art and music that has to feel great. Yeah, it's good. And we've got them at different levels. So like I'm, I'm in Toronto and so we've got the Toronto Arts Council. So there's funding for either composition or making an album. Um, there's the Ontario Arts Council, there's funding through them, and then there's Canada Council. And then there's Factor, there's kind of like different tiers of them. So myself and other musicians will, you know, apply for different tiers, tiers of them, you know, throw our hat in the ring for, for our projects and then uh, see what happens. So your this is your second album. 
And, you know, you're, you're coming on the heels of your first album. Do you still feel that pressure? I mean, that was your first real shout into the jazz world. What does it mean? And it's been some time to have your second release out. What does all of that mean for you? To have the second release? Well, I think like, um, it's a lot of work, you know, putting out an album by the time you've composed the music, rehearsed them, you know, the whole process is very long. Um, and then of course it was a little bit delayed because of COVID. So it's yeah. just very exciting to have a second album finally come out, you know, after such a long period. And then of course with the album out, we can start to try to play more shows and festivals and things. So we've already got, um, some stuff getting lined up for next year to do a tour. And, um, you know, it's nice to kind of, you know, move on, like, like, you know, you've composed all this music, it's nice to record it and feel like you're kind of moving forward in your career and, and musically. So speaking of live gigs, what do the crowds feel like? Is there a level of appreciation and, and energy that's different now? Um, so the main jazz club in Toronto is called the Rex. And during the pandemic, like everywhere, things kind of altered a bit. So their capacity went down and they sort of adjusted how they do things. They they have this, the seating is like facing the, the stage now and there's more of a quiet policy in place. So for sure, when we play at the Rex, it feels like they're more engaged with the music. And uh, and part of that's just how the Rex changed doing things because of the pandemic. Um, I think people are just excited to get out of their houses again. You know, that the first series of gigs after the pandemic, I mean, we've been sort of, it's been about a year and a half now that we've been performing, but that first six months was just so exciting. Like everybody was so excited to be out of their house and uh you know part of a community again and getting to go see live music like yeah for sure people were more appreciative of being able to come see concerts after not being able to do that for so long so what are you hoping the listener gets from shaping the invisible what are you hoping they get from it well i hope they get a a sense of my musical taste you know the kinds of things i'm interested in and um you know it's a contemporary acoustic jazz album so you know, I'm hoping they just get excited about the music and the players. We've got, you know, Andrew McCanch is playing trumpet. He's an amazing trumpet player. And Louis Dennis, like all the players are really great. So, you know, I hope I hope the audiences just get excite, as excited about the music and the improvising as I do playing it with these people. So you have the recording, you have teaching, you have um, live shows, you have all of these aspects. So you get a good view into what's going on with the jazz community. There was fears, I think, when all of this was going on that a lot of people in big cities couldn't afford it. Maybe the kids in college didn't want to go after this profession. But it seems as though the jazz community is stronger than ever. What's your take? Um, I feel mixed on that. I mean, I know in Toronto, I'm not sure about in other you know, countries or cities, but in Toronto, I think there has been a little bit of a decline, like in like, for example, the students going to these music programs. There, there's, um, I know that the enrollment is down at some of the programs. Uh, although the students that are going are amazing musicians, they're, they're really dedicated and, and into it. Um, and then of course we had the issue of clubs closing because of the pandemic. So I'm also feeling as a musician, like there's less, there feels to be like less places to play than before. So I'm not sure. I feel like we're in a transition period and we're going to see what happens with that, you know, but I, I do think enrollments down a bit. I think there are some students, potential students that are maybe going into other fields, realizing that things can be precarious. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think the community is strong, but small. Yeah. <laughs> 
and strong. <laughs> I understand. So you kind of touched a little bit on live music. So for anyone out there that wants to properly buy the new album and see you live, anything that's going on, where can they go? So my website is the best place for that, terryparkermusic.com. I list everything on there. Um, so the album is, I mean, for physical albums, they can just reach out to me and I will send them a copy if they would like a physical album, which, you know, it's nice to get the artwork. I still yeah. personally like physical albums because I like to see who's on the album and and read the liner notes. Yeah. Um, so I have my contact page on my website um, and then I have the band camp link. So if they want to purchase, you know, the digital album. It'll be on band. It's on Bandcamp right now, and then of course it'll be on all the streaming sites as of September 29th. And then I also list all my live shows on my website, and then I'm also on Instagram, Facebook. All those links you can find on my site. You know, if you want to follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram. I always post all the things that I'm I'm doing. Excellent. Well, one of the great offshoots of this whole pandemic that we've gone through is that we can actually see each other now. This is like a regular thing. So it's great to see you. Thank you for taking time out. Best of luck with the album and live shows as we move forward. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Philadelphia, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Terry for her time, energy, and coming back to Neon Jazz. It's always good to catch up. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.